0: Thanks for checking out the Airborne Youth Podcast. This week you'll be hearing a teaching from Ben Evenson. So here we go, guys. We're still rocking this unstoppable theme because we absolutely 100% believe it's real for you, for your generation. We've been talking about momentum all the way, like, for the last two months. You've heard us say that word before, right? Momentum, right? And this is like a real deal I think revelation breakthrough for your generation to capture right now is that everything in your culture is shouting, screaming, and jamming down your throat. You aren't. You don't have. You can't. You that like everything is just saying like, nah. You won't amount to anything. You don't have a purpose. Or maybe the devil's just telling you that in your own heart. Like I don't think I'm important. Nobody likes me. Like, that is such a pit of lies that. Is being like dispelled over your whole generation. And I hope everyone sitting in this room is going like, no, that's not me, because it's not you. That isn't who you are, and it has nothing to do with what God said about you. But I guarantee you know some people living in that. And you've probably experienced it yourself, moments where you're just like hopeless. Right? Anybody ever feel that? Hopeless? No? Have you ever? come on, I have, I'm like, come on, like, right, like, this is a great victory that I've, like, walked through over the years, and I generally am, like, at a super-duper optimistic person, you know, I'm like, yes, I got, it's all great, like, yeah, it's all going to be better, like, but that didn't just, like, come naturally to me, like, I had to determine myself to agree with what God said, and God is never without hope, do you get this? God has never had a hopeless thought in eternity, not one. So when our thoughts begin to go like, man, what, blah, 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 like, this is awful and it's gonna happen and I'm gonna fail every class and drop out of life and work at, you know, like the gas pump the rest of my life or something like in New Jersey, right? Because no one works at the gas pump here. But dude, does this makes sense. Like, we get these hopeless thoughts that are like, it's never gonna work out. It's, I'm just gonna this and it's like, blah, like, and, That's like a total agreement with the devil. How many of you know that? A hopeless thought is an agreement with the devil. If you look to the future and you see dead end, death, destruction, loss, misery, you're agreeing with the wrong spirit. Because God has never looked at your life and said, 10 years from now, you're going to be a dropout loser. Right, I mean, try to try to envision God. Just like picture him, you know, on his holy throne with all kinds of white light and a big beard, and you know, however you envision God, and just go like, look right at his face right now, and try to picture him saying, "You're destined to failure." It's like a joke. You're like, he would never, ever, ever say that, because his heart is beaming. Like, and if you have, like, if you can look at God and like, all you see is this, like it's like you need a new picture of Jesus and who God is because that's so distorted and twisted because there's nothing in the heart of God that's like holding the lightning bolt ready to destroy that was like Greek you know mythology came up with this idea that oh my gosh the gods are going to destroy us if we don't make them happy it's kind of like you are his prize possession you are the joy of his heart he created you and he said that's really good Do you get this? That's really good. So you're unstoppable if you can set your mind to be tuned to the things of God, the way that God speaks, the way that God thinks, the way that he goes. It's awesome. So right here, I went to Webster's Dictionary because I think it's good for us to define this. Okay? We've been talking about unstoppable for a while, and this is going to blow your mind. All right? So I broke down the word unstoppable because there's two words in there, kind of. There's actually three things, but I only did two of them. Stoppable in the Webster's Dictionary. Anybody want to give me the definition just off the top of their head? Anybody know? Webster's Dictionary, stoppable. What does it mean? Able to stop. Wow, that is, wow. Genius level. Like, I think that's pretty darn close. I'm going to read it right here. It says, capable of being stopped. Okay? Are you... Stoppable. Are you capable of being stopped? Are you? Oh, I don't know. Don't agree with that, right? Stoppable? No, you are not capable of being stopped if you know who you are. Does this ca- Do you catch what this is? This is an identity thing, okay? And then I had to pick this apart, and I went and I looked up un... That's in the dictionary. Did you know that? Un... Because there's an un before stoppable, right? Anybody know what that means? This is not as short. Yeah. Not. Oh, wow. That's pretty amazing. The dictionary is a little more worried about it, but I think she said it better than Webster. It says a prefix freely used in English to form verbs expressing a reversal of some action or state or removal, deprivation, release, etc. Or, as my genius young lady right here said, Not. So unstoppable put together is not capable of being stopped. Now, how do you achieve such greatness? Anybody know? It's like, wow, I would really like to be unstoppable. That sounds really delightful. Lydia, what do you think? Do you have an answer? Huh? We're like, we're scoring 100 today. This is like amazing. I'm, who, somebody else needs to preach. You guys are all geniuses in this room. Come on, if God is in you and he is unstoppable, how many think God can be stopped? Like flat out, knocked down flat on his butt and have no hope. That's crazy, right? And it, but it is. It comes down to God being in you and you getting a recognition that that's who you are. It comes down to it's an identity thing. And that's the first thing I wrote down on here. I said, identity. And this is, I don't know if I'm going to get beyond this point because God changed my plan a whole bunch during worship because this identity thing is such a crazy reality that we get tripped up on constantly and all over the place. And someone I talked to this weekend um, was telling me, I was talking with the Planet Shakers. How many of you were here Friday night for Planet Shakers from Australia? Oh, my gosh. Anyway, like, they're, like, bumping, like, dance, crazy music, and they, like, dropped into this whole dubstep bass drop moment that was, like, what? It was crazy and so fun. Anyway, um, but I was talking to them about, like, how they just, like, build their music culture and how people are trained and brought up there. And their senior pastor's wife, who was with them, the main lead singer lady, like, said to me, she said, this is our key ingredient. This is, like, our core value of what we do with all of Planet Shakers and all, because the musicians, like there were 12, 13 of them, there's sound guys, tech guys, video guys, and all their musicians and stuff, they're all like ridiculously humble, and they're like normal week is like, let's perform like, in a stadium for 200,000 people, like, yeah, let's do that, like, that'd be cool, yeah, like, they're like international rock stars, and America is probably the country where they're least known across the globe, you go to any country in the world, and you say Planet Shakers, and it's like, (gasps) when are they coming, like, it's crazy, they're out of control, well-known from Australia, and like, they're so ridiculously humble, I spent two days hanging out with them, I had to drive them all over places, and talking to them, and they're all like, we just love this, like, I was like, aren't we kind of a small venue for you guys? And they're like, no, not really. We did a church a couple weeks ago, 300 people on a Sunday morning. And I'm like, you guys, right? Seriously? Like major rock star level stuff. And they're like, no, that's like we we dig the big venue stuff. That's great. And that's all awesome. But they said what we are is a local church and what we love is the local church and that's where we want to be every chance we get is in the church not these big stadiums like that's they love that they've been given that platform and people get reached and find out who God is through what they do there but it's like man they just love connecting with the church and I'm like man, you people are really nice and wonderful I love you so but i was asking i'm like what do you do like how do you create and what's your like dna of your church and this senior pastor said this is our core value is we say that giftings and identities are not tied together like you are not what you do is the line that she said and i'm like that caught me because we have this great tendency to say that oh yeah what i do and the actions the things i'm good at and specifically musicians artists all that like they're like this is who i am I'm a musician. This is my identity. Well, what happens to a musician whose entire identity is built around what they do if, like, the terriblest thing happens. They get in a car accident, and they're paralyzed for life. Suddenly, an identity just got shattered, and hope drops in like a, like a big, giant boulder, like, <laughs> crush your life. Scared you got your attention, Jalen. Good job. Okay? Do you get this like they so what she said is our like core value is we pull people to a place where they realize their identity right hand is identity okay your identity is in Christ and it's unchanging it's unstoppable it's unshiftable nothing nothing about it changes because god went sent his son because of his love died on the cross covered it took care of the sin issue offered it to you you grabbed onto it he moved in and like lydia said god is now in you that is who you are you're a son a daughter of god and it doesn't matter what accident happens it doesn't matter what injury happens it doesn't matter what anybody says about who you are and how good you are at anything that doesn't change and then they said, we take people's gifts and their skills and we say, now let's talk about this and make it great. Let's make you excellent at what you do. Let's say, so that, that's why when they take a musician and they say, oh my gosh, like, you really need to work on this because it's not very good. They, people don't go like, you hate me. My life is over. People go, I'm in, I'm in God. This is me. This is my identity and this is unshakable. Now take my gifts and help me shine so that I can represent this to the world around me and I'm going like my gosh that's incredible revelation to detach what you do and you take this across every aspect of life every aspect of life if I say like Brayden who are you Braden, what else a musician okay that's part of like you but that's not who you are it's a, it's a thing you do And it's an easy, like, yes, that's really great. What else do people do? Soccer players. How many soccer players in the room? Field hockey, track, dance, musicians, across the board, artists who draws. There's like a whole posse over here that draw during worship every week. Guys, I love that. I love that. I love the dancers that pull back in the back of the room and just go like nuts for God. And I love, like, yay, Trenton draws on his phone. Okay, that's cute. Do you get this? But like, okay, so there's the skills and the gifts that we have that we do, but we can't say that's me and that's who I am, because if something catastrophic ever happened in that situation, your identity's trashed. And look around the world. How about this? My identity is that selfie I posted. My profile no, don't even laugh because it's dead serious. We tie our whole emotional status and life to that picture we posted that got the most likes. So we post a picture and we sit there waiting for notifications. One like, two like. Okay, good. People don't think I'm ugly. Okay. Oh, oh. Check back a couple hours later. A hundred likes. I'm gorgeous. No, don't even. It's not a dis... And this is not just the girls, gentlemen. It's like... It's like, it's no accident that you took that selfie with your shirt off? It's like, yeah. Like, yeah. It's like, come on. Like, why? But here's the deal. we Look at me. We have an entire generation that has set their identity on their social media, online on this photograph, okay? Now, once again, let's just say, like, you nailed that perfect photograph. And statistically, I've shared this before, the average Teenage girl in America takes an average. I think it was it's th- it's somewhere between three and four hundred pictures for every one she posts online. What the heck happens to the other two hundred and ninety nine? No, I'm saying no. I know you guys are all above that. I'm just saying average. You guys do like you know hundred and fifty. All right, now does this like? That's the average, which means there are some in the seven hundreds. There are, if there are some who only take one and they're like, I don't care, post, that's great. To average out at 350 means that there are some people taking 700 shots of their face before they'll post one that they think is perfect enough for people to give them an identity boost. Because that's what, it's real. That's crazy, right? Now what happens? Again, Catastrophic. Accident happens in that gorgeous face that you've perfected and found the perfect angle of in just the right light in that perfect room in your house. Oh, like I don't know. Yeah, you found the spot where the lighting's right, the angle, the pose. Yeah, what happens when 60 years from now you're saggy and your identity is built on, no? Oh, I'm so sorry to break it to you. Gravity's real, okay? And what you thought was your identity at 14 years old suddenly doesn't carry any weight because there's no 14-year-old boys going, wow, check her out. I hope you're hearing this. We put our identity on these things like, and if we don't, and how about this, we don't get enough likes. Or heaven forbid someone makes a comment, I'd like to smack these people, that actually tears you down for the photo you put up. What happens to your identity when that hits? What happens like when the things that you've attached yourself to so closely, the things you do, the things that are most valuable to you, could be obliterated in a moment's time. Like, seriously. And we attach identity. Guys, there's, there's girls on this one, too. The other big stretch that happens, and Todd, Todd White touched in on this last week. I was like, come on, Holy Spirit was all over the release of that. How about pornography? What if your identity is attached to the things you do and you know it's wrong? Then suddenly, oh my gosh, I do these things and that's my identity. We start to become believers that there's something wrong with us because of the thing that we did, right? This goes across like, and I'm not just talking about pornography. I'm talking like self-harm. You do all this like, it's like suddenly, oh, that's who I am. It's who I am. It's who I am. Or we start going even further down that line to, I'm not sure what I am. Or I do know who I am. I am this sexual orientation. My identity is this gender and we start saying no this is who I am. God never said that's who you are. Your gender actually isn't your identity. Regardless of your confusion or not, your gender is not your identity at all. Your identity is in Christ. And who you are is an ex- like is is expressed out through The way that God made you perfectly, fashioned you in your mother's womb and made you just right. So don't try to go flip things on its head thinking it's going to bring satisfaction. So we start going into this. And I know this is touchy subject. And oh, nobody knows how to address this. Like there is no condemnation on this. I'm just saying if we can get to a place that says my identity is in Christ, my behaviors now are to be refined to match the God that set my identity. And suddenly, the pornography addiction doesn't feel attached to who you are. It just becomes this behavior that you're like, this doesn't match who I am. What's wrong? Let's take it to where it should be. Your musical talent is no longer who you are. It's just going to try to match the God that gave you the identity. So you're going to be excellent at it. And every person that comes and says, hey, dad, you need to work on that, doesn't rip you to shreds. It makes you go, okay, I can get better. That's the people in the world that get better at things, the ones that can be taught. Like, seriously, teachability will take you to the next level. Guaranteed. You show up at school going, my teacher's stupid. I don't know nothing. You're not going to learn nothing. Right? You come to church going, my youth leaders are stupid. That youth pastor Ben, he's retarded. Like, it's like you're probably not going to learn anything receive anything. Authorities that correct you. You can be like, whatever, man. Your parents. Your parents will correct you. And it's not your identity that they're attacking because your identity's confirmed. So you go like, okay, mom, dad, you're probably right. And once in a while they might be wrong, but guess what? By honoring them, you're doing what's right, which makes you more like the identity that's sealed in Christ. So you can't go wrong by honoring, by living with the authority that you're like, oh, it's wrong, and it's blah, blah, blah. It's like, come on. We talk about it all the time. Daniel in the Bible, know that guy? Ever heard of him? Lived under a, like a demon-possessed king for 80 years. Not like eight months. Like, oh, I really sweat through this one. 80 years he lived under a corrupt... Demonic king and served him and loved him. Honored the authority that was put in place and said, like, I'm just going to serve God faithfully and I'm going to honor the authority that's over me. And God raised him up. It wasn't Daniel going, you're so wrong, Nebuchadnezzar, because blah, 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 like dishonoring the authority that was over him. It would have ended with his head rolling down the street. But Daniel... Honored and honored and honored. And even when the king threw him in the lion's den, what did God do? (laughs) Breakthrough. Lion's mouth's quiet. Really good stuff, right? You've heard the story. And it weren't that the lions just didn't get hungry that night because they threw the other guys that set Daniel up into the pit right after they took Daniel out. And it says they were devoured before they hit the ground. (laughs) That's some lions, right? Come on. But God intervened on their behalf because... Daniel knew who he was. He's like, I'm a child of God. I will walk with God every single day. And every bit of my behaviors will reflect him. There wasn't an attachment of his identity in his behaviors. His identity was a manifestation. Or his behavior was a manifestation of his identity. And suddenly everything changes because I've said it before. Conviction by the Holy Spirit when he speaks to you and says that was wrong. If... That behavior of looking at pornography is connected to your identity and the Holy Spirit says that was wrong? That turns into condemnation that says you are wrong. The Holy Spirit didn't say that, but your identity connected to your behavior goes, oh, looking at porn is wrong. I'm wrong. I'm bad. We fall into condemnation, which is totally not of God. You catching me on this? conviction of the Holy Spirit says, come on, that behavior didn't match who you are. And that's how you know the Holy Spirit's in you, is because when you do something, you go like, crap. Ever felt it? That wasn't right. That wasn't right. Your identity doesn't shift. Your behavior does. In that moment when you hear, oh man, that picture I posted was totally looking for the wrong kind of attention. Take it down. Move on. It didn't make you a bad person. You just got a Holy Spirit that said, hey, 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 that isn't you, sister. That's not you. Fix the picture in the next one. Honor the Lord with it. I know, sister, did I say that? Totally did, right? Whoop, Guys too. I know, I'm picking on the girls on that one. But come on, people, what, when your behaviors are seen by the world, what identity is it displaying? What's it revealing to the world? That's the whole purpose and point. I knew I wouldn't get any further than this. There's a whole bunch more, but we're out of time. (sighs) Jesus. Come on, we're going to do this prophetically tonight. That's what we're going to do. Are you guys catching what I'm saying on this? Can you hold your two hands out like this, like bear claws? Do it. Just hold them out right in front of you. And I want you to link your fingers together and just look at it and go like, okay, I've got an identity. Say it. I've got an identity. And kind of wiggle your right hand, you know, signify it. Yeah. I got an identity. And I got behaviors and gifts and talents, the stuff I do. And God, I don't intertwine these together. God, in, by the Holy Spirit, I say, these things are two separate things. That was a long one. I know I'm trying to figure out the best way to word this. It's okay. Come on. Pull them apart. Say, God, God, I know who I am because of what you've done. Because there's no shadow you won't light up. There's no mountain you won't climb up. There's no wall you won't kick down. No lie you won't tear down. Because you're coming after me, sealing my identity. Come on. And then shake your left hand a little bit and say, God, thank you for my abilities. Thank you for my body and my talents and the things I love to do. God, this is not who I am. It's how I express you. So God, this week, let my identity be secure and my behaviors begin to look more like you to match my identity Because my identity will not be shaken. In Jesus' name, amen. This podcast was recorded live at a Wednesday night youth meeting. To find out more, check us out on Facebook and Instagram by searching Airborne Youth.